It's Wednesday. It's the 1st of December and I'm Anthony Day with your Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. This week I'm talking to Michelle Marks about how one part of the world is starving while another part is wasting food. Michelle is a sustainability consultant. She's owner of Coral Mountain and founder of Speak Carbon, an organisation dedicated to raising carbon literacy through training. Michelle, welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you, Anthony, and thank you for inviting me to join you today. We're talking today about food, which is a key issue. It's one of the stables of life, like the water we drink and the air we breathe. It's an amazing topic. It's got all sorts of upsides and downsides, worries about whether we can feed the world's growing population and so on and so on. Today, we're specifically going to talk about food waste. And apparently there's a lot more to that than just wasted food. Would you like to build on that, Michelle? Oh, yes, I'd, I'd very much like to, Anthony. So food, food waste, it's, it's as with all our food system, it is complex. But just in a nutshell, around about a third of all food produced in the whole of the, the, the world goes to waste. Now, if you put that in context of about 800 million people uh, going to bed hungry, um, and sadly that number has actually increased since uh, all our challenges with COVID, that's around about a ninth of the world's population. So there is enough food to go around, but somehow it's not being distributed correctly. And alongside that misdistribution is the fact that all that wasted food has massive environmental impacts both to the climate and other areas as well which um, I'm sure you'll be asking me about. Well let's start first of all looking at the supply chain from producer to consumer where's this waste occurring at what level at what point? Great question Anthony well the the food waste is occurring all along the supply chain um, all the way from, from farm, farm gate, all the way to the domestic kitchen where it ends up in the bin and goes to, to landfill. So we drill down a little bit uh, further into that. We look at, uh, look at the, the farming. Um, there's a lot of issues that you might have heard of, things like wonky veg and so on, that's, that's seen as not fit for going to market and so on. Um, but... There are um, organisations which now take that food um, and, and realise that just because a carrot isn't straight, that it is still fit for purpose. But then there's all sorts of other issues like distribution issues. So, for example, um, food not being picked up um, early enough and stored correctly so it gets goes to rot um, at that stage. Um, and then there's, there's, there might be gluts which drives down prices and, and also ends up in surpluses of certain food products. So, so that's just looking at the beginning of the food chain. We can look at it at the producer level, and of course that will vary across the world. It's only the pampered West, perhaps, where we say we won't put wonky vegetables into our supermarkets. So I'm sure there are places in the world where they'll eat it, whatever it looks like. And uh, it's pretty irresponsible for us to... Uh, reject it just because it doesn't look right. Incidentally, I have heard that crops that are not 
aesthetically pleasing have been ploughed back into fields. Is that still going on? I believe that it. I, I believe that it is. Yes. So that in itself is uh, wasting food and also wasting energy and causing emissions as it gets ploughed back in. But once we get beyond that, we've we've got the distribution. Now the distribution can be by lorry to the market. In some cases, it's by air freight. Take us through how it goes from there and, and, and how it may get wasted on in the process. Well, if you think about, we've all been listening to things like Brexit and so on, and uh, food trucks being held up, not enough drivers to distribute the food, that is, can be an issue as well, which means that food that's been harvested can just be going to rot at that stage as well, which is... is uh, it, it's quite a tragedy. I mean, it's a tragedy really all along the, the, the system. Um, and, and of course, this has financial impacts for people as, as well as environmental impacts. Yes, of course, the Brexit issue is a very um, local issue as far as the UK is concerned. But apparently there is a global shortage of truck drivers, not just in the UK. So that has impacts um, globally. Yes, OK. So there's a shortage of drivers but fuel has gone up dramatically as well. So presumably that will mean some crops are um, not worth not worth transporting. I, I, I guess that might be the case. And what you get there really is, is other issues, not necessarily so much around food waste as, as food poverty, um, and especially with the people who are already challenged, um, you know, um, with, with their income and having to make that balance between food and um, and fuel um, to warm their, their houses, their homes. Um, so you can see already this whole food chain, there's, there's so much complexity that's going along, along it. Let's take the food now into the supermarkets. What uh, causes waste at that point? What causes waste in the supermarkets is, is really around um, things like rejection because it's not seen to be a good enough quality um and some of the higher end supermarkets rejected and then it does go to the, uh, the the more discounted supermarket so it doesn't always mean it gets lost um and then there's there's things that what the supermarket does very often impact on the consumer activity and that's where the waste is and the majority of food waste in the uk actually happens in the home setting. So 70% of our food waste takes place in the home. And then there's not to forget also the, the uh, hospitality, catering and events sector as well, where food waste happens. But things in the supermarkets like um, bog off discounting, buy one, get one free, and people sort of say, oh yeah, I'll have an extra bag of satsumas or an extra bag of lettuce is that that green leaf lettuce is the stuff that uh, we've, we've all seen it sort of getting sort of mushy and horrible and brown in our fridge but if if we're tempted by those buy one get one freeze that's more likely to happen because we are overbuying. and what about uh, best before and use by dates does the consumer really understand them or does it urge the consumer to throw things away while they could still be edible definitely definitely there's a lack of understanding of of best before and used by used by is generally about perishable goods like your meat your fish um dairy goods 
and uh, I mean even within that there's there there is an element of being conservative because of course the um, supermarkets don't want to have a, a food safety issue um the use by is generally um it, to my to my personal mind if it's not walking out of the fridge on its own it, it's it's edible <laughs> right well you say 70 percent of food waste is occurs in the home so the obvious question is what could what should we be doing about it well, the first thing is raising awareness so having this understanding but also the the supermarket sector the, the retail sector does have a responsibility really to to rather than try to just encourage people to buy more and more is is to raise that awareness as, as well and um, so it's it's right from the understanding our own personal behaviors right from the buying and and that shopping list of do i really need it am i really going to use it and uh, or am i just tempted because it looks nice and if i'm not going to use it then um i shouldn't buy it and of course there's a value in that if you don't buy it and you don't waste it then it doesn't burn a hole in your pocket as well if you throw it away you said it goes to landfill and it does in many cases go to landfill. Some local authorities do provide separate containers for food waste, but I think they're in a minority. What's what's the point? Uh, what's what's the advantage of separating food waste from anything else that goes to landfill? Well, when food goes to landfill, so that's all the food that you probably got in the back of your fridge that you sort of realize that it isn't edible anymore or even plate waste from making too big a portions um, and, and not eating it, it that way. Uh, when it goes to landfill, it emits methane. So methane is, for those listeners who aren't aware, is a more potent uh, greenhouse gas than uh, carbon dioxide. It's about 28 times more potent. So a tonne of methane is equivalent to 28 tonnes of carbon dioxide. And in landfill, it, it doesn't rot down properly. That's what methane is as a result of non-complete rotting, basically. And it just keeps on giving. So once it's there, that methane will just carry on. So in terms of local authorities separating it out, what happens then is they tend to take it to anaerobic digesters and it'll be used for um, city energy of, of some sort. There is legislation coming, I think it's 2023, where all local authorities across England um, have to uh, provide a separate food waste collection. There is a downside to that though, because if there is a collection and it's being taken to anaerobic direction, di digestion, sorry, it almost creates a mentality that it's okay because it's being used. So we have to be aware that we shouldn't be encouraging behaviours of waste because we know the waste is being repurposed. Tell me about the Love Food Hate Waste campaign. Love Food Hate Waste campaign was started by, uh, by RAP. Now, RAP originally started with um, what was called the Courtauld Commitment before that. And that was for restaurants and for supermarkets and any, any food 
companies in the supply chain to reduce their food waste. But out of that, which has and continues to be very successful, it's now in its fourth phase. Out of that, I think, must have come from there the realisation of all this domestic food waste. And it's, it's a campaign to raise that awareness and that understanding um, of the, the issues that we've been talking about. And what's great about it is if you go on the RAP website or if you just Google love food, hate waste, there's a lot of resources there. And they're resources to help with the understanding of the issues that we've been talking about, where the waste is coming from, but also resources to help you understand how to change your behaviours and encourage those around you to behave behave differently and, and waste less as well. And okay, so wrap. Uh, we'll put a link to that on the uh, Sustainable Futures Report website, so we can go and look at that and find details of the Love Food Hate Waste campaign. Uh, you also mentioned Olio and Too Good to Go. We'll put links to those as well. And they both play a part in helping to reduce or repurpose food waste. Yeah, so Olio and Too Good to Go apps that people can download. And um, they, can, they can find, as you say, waste that can be repurposed. So Olio is, is kind of a community one where you find somebody, if somebody's got excess food in their fridge and they want to give it away um, you can just find somebody locally and, and pick it up from there and then too good to go is is quite an exciting app it's uh, at the end of the day rather than waste food from retailers or restaurants is they put it in what's called a magic bag and the person goes along and purchases a magic bag um, I think it's a, a minimum of three pounds and it's supposed to have nine pounds worth of value. Um, but I, I hear from people of some very exciting bags that have got way more than that amount of value in them um, for very little money. And I know that my my children used this app as students, so it helps them with their budgeting as well. Oh, well, I'll look at that then. That sounds interesting. Uh, talking earlier, you mentioned how some companies within the food industry are actually adopting the circular economy. And I, I just wonder how you can do that with a food product. You, you cited toast ale and bio bean. What's, what's the background to that? So the circular economy is, is where that waste product is, is rather than viewing it as waste, it's seen as a resource for yeah. another process. Yeah. And in terms of food, um, those examples like Toast Ale, um, they've realised that uh, many, many millions of slices of bread gets wasted. Um, there is a there is a company that makes sandwiches and I, I believe they don't just cut off the crust. They cut they the next slice in. They don't use as well so that it's you know, it's not dried out. About. So that's four slices of bread out of every loaf is, is going to waste and toast ale takes that bread and turns it into um into beer and they're very successfully um saving uh, if you look at toast ale's website it's got the, the statistics of how many tons how many hundreds of thousands of slices of bread how many tons of carbon they've diverted in, in making their 
a toast ale. And there's some other brewing companies that do that as well. Right. And BioBean? BioBean is a company which collects the used granules. So if you think of all your coffee shops and all those coffee machines, all those coffee granules that just are going to waste. Um, and um, some companies just give them away to customers because they make very good compost. They're, yeah. they're very nutritious compost. But what BioBean does is, is it takes them and it does some sort of process where it turns them into what they call coffee logs. And you can put those in your wood burners and apparently they reduce <laughs> the carbon emissions by about 80% and they burn hotter as well. So if you've got one of those lovely wood burners um, and are aware that they are causing uh, quite a lot of emissions. Um, right, so you can burn coffee grounds as long as these things remain legal, but that's another issue in itself, I'm afraid, <laughs> isn't it? Indeed. We're less than a month to Christmas. And people eat a lot of food at Christmas, but I fear they probably waste a lot as well, don't they? <laughs> yes. It, does it go on the waste or does it go in the waste? <laughs> yes, there's a, a lot of food that gets wasted in, at Christmas. So one of the big things is, is sprout. Wrap measures uh, how many sp sprouts. They do research into that as well. And uh, they reckon about 17 million sprouts get wasted and the bottom line is yes they're traditional but if you don't like them don't buy them and just put them on the table and throw them away um so sprouts is one thing um, mince pies believe it or not is another thing they certainly don't get wasted in my house but uh, apparently millions of packets of mince pies get wasted as well so again it's about being realistic with your shopping We'd indulgent over Christmas, but let's balance that with with a little bit of consciousness about what we're not going to eat as well. And and then there's also lots of websites with lots of nice recipes for what to do with cold turkey, for example. Well, that's a good idea. But basically, what we should do is save food, save money, avoid waste. Absolutely, and in doing so, we and still have a very merry Christmas. Have a very have a very merry Christmas, definitely. With everything that's gone on with COP and the feeling that there's there's so much to be done and, and where do I start? Food, as you said in your introduction, is, is something that we all need, we all use, we all buy, and it is something that we can be active about um, and feel that we're doing something positive. Michelle, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you again, Anthony, for inviting me to do so. Michelle Marks of Coral Mountain and Speak Carbon. Links to these organisations and other sites and apps that she mentioned on the Sustainable Futures Report website. If you go to the Too Good to Waste website, which she mentioned, there's a good explanation of the date labels on food and the confusion they cause, leading to waste. We heard Michelle refer to RAP, that's the Waste and Resources Action Programme, a UK charity that aims to support the circular economy. There's a link to that as well. In Wednesday interviews coming up this month, you'll hear that a chicken can't lay a duck egg. I talk to a man who wants to make your flights net zero. Yes, really. And I find out what sustainability means at York Minster. 
Before you go, don't forget to subscribe. Better still, if you'd like to be a patron for a small monthly donation, you'll be helping me keep the Sustainable Futures Report independent and ad-free. Many thanks to those who have already signed up at patreon.com slash sfr. Much appreciated. patreon.com slash sfr. I'm Anthony Day, and the next regular edition of the Sustainable Futures Report will be with you on Friday. I wonder what it'll be about. Thank you.